Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. We've been firing away for an hour, so if you missed that hour, just like the next two, you can pick it up on the iHeartRadio app. That's the podcast. Or, of course, go to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is back today at 2.20. You'll hear the keyword, follow the instructions. You could win $1,000 in the KFI cash refill contest. Nothing, just for me personally, there are few issues more galling and frustrating to talk about than this this perpetual water crisis in California. There's 24 trillion gallons of rain that fell on California in the last few weeks, and 94% of it we flushed out into the Pacific Ocean. And there's just no excuse at this point. This has been going on for decades and decades and decades, and these these ninnies like Jerry Brown and, and Gavin Newsom scream about climate change and droughts and all kinds of nonsense, and there's plenty of water. You just have to collect it and store it. However you do it, underground, in the aquifers, in um, reservoirs, and they and we've authorized taxes and we've authorized money to borrow, and there are projects that have been sitting on the books for decades. Nothing ever gets built. You think you think this is by design now that these just get blocked easily because I, I don't we know. don't want people to use water. Uh, we don't like the lifestyle. We don't want people to think yeah. that they can just wash their car anytime and just use their water on a wet on a lawn. I, so I, you know what? It's good to panic over no water. I know it sounds insane, 
but it does seem like a coordinated effort to roll back modern life to the 1800s. And, and because they're against everything that we have come to rely on in modern life. Uh, let's get Tom McClintock on. He's congressman out of Northern California. He's been serving in government for many, many years as a state legislator and, and now a congressman. And he's always had a lot to say about this. Tom, how are you? It's been a while. How are you doing? It has been a while. It's good to talk to you. Um, this this is just ma- ma- makes me crazy. Why will they not build the water collection and the water storage infrastructure that we need, especially in a year like this? I've come to believe the left loves shortages because shortages give them power to allocate scarce resources. I'm convinced that's what's at work. I mean, droughts are nature's fault. They happen. But water shortages are a choice that we made when we stopped building new dams. And we're not going to solve our water shortages until we build new dams. And we're not going to build new dams until we replace the, the policymakers and the environmental laws that have made the construction of new dams impossible. It's it's not that complicated. You hit it on the head. Nature is actually very generous with water. Just precipitation alone falling on California produces enough, uh, actually produces about 4,500 gallons of fresh water every day for every man, woman, and child living in California. The problem is it's unevenly distributed over time and distance. We build dams to move water from wet years to dry years. We build aqueducts to to move water from wet regions to dry regions. Uh, But we stopped doing that 40 years ago. Uh, The population has doubled, uh, and now we're living with chronic shortages. Uh, And and, and what's really frustrating, uh, you you pointed out, the the, the pumps that move all of that excess water from northern to southern California have been running at most of the days at 15% capacity. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, our our dams, which should be brimful right now, are running. Uh, 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 most of them running less than half full at this point. That's after nine atmospheric rivers have dumped record amounts of rain onto the state. Well, we're not going to get a better uh, water water supply from the sky than we've had this past month, right? This, this right. has been a tremendous amount of rain in a very short time. It, it doesn't get wetter than this, and it's almost all of it's gone already. And then if yeah. we if we get a few dry years in the near future, we're going to hear all kinds of lectures and the price of water is going to go through the roof. And it, 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 this this has got to stop. This is a ridiculous way to run a state. Well, and, and again, we, we have plenty of, of uh, capacity to hold additional water if we would simply finish the dams we started uh, over the past generation. Uh, uh, the Shasta Dam was built in the 1940s to an elevation about 600 feet. It's designed to be 800 feet. Finishing that existing dam by itself would add another 9 million acre feet of water. That would nearly double our entire storage capacity on the Sacramento River. If we finished the Auburn Dam, that's another 2 million acre feet, uh, uh, not to mention 800 megawatts of, of clean electricity, 400 year flood protection for the Sacramento Delta, but was canceled in mid-construction by Jerry Brown and the environmentalists in the 1970s. And the State Water Resources Control Board uh, revoked the right of the federal government ever to develop that. Meanwhile, we've got the Sites Reservoir site. That's about 2 million acre feet. It's been stalled for 40 years. The funding's there, but the Newsom administration and his his State Water Resources Control Board have been sitting on it. And to tell you what their priorities are, the State Water Resources Control Board, they are all Newsom appointees. They're meeting on Wednesday. 
not to approve construction of the dam, but rather to take up their, wait for it, their racial equity plan. Oh, and uh, let me read you. Let me read you for the really? announcement. For water, uh, racial racial equity is the water board's priority. What? That's let me what pause it's... right there. Let me pause right there. Abundant water supplies are not their priority. Racial equity is their priority. In, in other words, um, uh, 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 this state agency, again, all Gavin Newsom appointees, are responsible for delivering water to our state. Uh, and they're meeting this Wednesday to discuss their racial equity plan. So somehow our water distribution system is racist? Is that what they're saying? And they have to address the problem? Oh. Again, reading directly from the board. White supremacy is a systemically and institutionally perpetuated system of exploitation and oppression of nations and people of color by white people for the purpose of maintaining and defending a system of wealth, power, and privilege, end quote. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> really? Your, this is what they're doing? And I, I hate to, and I hate to tell you this, but but you know, if, if you voted for the Democrats in this state, that's exactly what you voted for. So when they and get if it surprises when, you, you weren't paying any attention. So when they get together, they're really going to have a long meeting on all this. Uh, correct. And not about the twenty trillion gallons of water that got flushed out into the, into the Pacific. Correct. And not only are they not going to be talking about new dam construction, don't forget. They're tearing down four existing perfectly good dams on the Klamath River using our Prop 1 water bonds to do so. Why? Yeah, I saw that story a few months ago, right? They are tearing them down. Why it's are they up, tearing them down? This is up in Oregon area? Yeah, uh, uh, because of a catastrophic decline in the salmon population. Uh, and when I was up there, I asked, this used to be in my, my, my congressional district years ago, and I asked them, you know, what, what, what's the problem? You know, how, many, how many salmon are left? Oh, just a few hundred left in the entire Klamath. And I said, well, why doesn't somebody build a fish hatchery? And I then quickly discover somebody did build a fish hatchery. The Iron Gate fish hatchery uh, produces 5 million salmon smolts a year. 17,000 return to the Klamath to spawn every year, but they won't allow us to include them in the population count. And to add insult to insanity, when they tear down the Iron Gate Dam, the Iron Gate fish hatchery goes with it. And then you have not only a catastrophic decline in the salmon population on the Klamath, you also have 100 years of silt uh, uh, pushed down that river, which will be catastrophic. And that's what they're using our water bonds in part to do. Oh, let, let's stop right there. Tom McClintock is our guest, the congressman from Northern California who, better than anybody we know to bring on the show, can talk about the problems with California water storage and, of course, these environmental protections for things like the Delta smelt and some salmon. Uh, Tom will return in a moment. And also, as soon as we come back, the keyword for your chance to win $1,000, the KFI Cash Refill Contest is back. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. We continue with Tom McClintock, the congressman. Yes, and we're talking about water storage and uh, all the water that's uh, sent out to the ocean and lost. We had trillions of gallons fall on the state with these recent storms. And once again, like in past years, we're talking about how much of it just goes out to the ocean. And uh, one of the things Tom was just talking about before the break was, uh, and something we mentioned yesterday on the show, the problem with, of course, the pumps and the fact that they do drain a lot of the water out to the ocean because they're trying to protect certain species, including the Delta smelt and the Chinook salmon. So let's bring Tom back on and talk about these parts of the whole water problem. Tom, is there any way to change this? I mean, 
the Delta smelt isn't much of a fish. And well, as you said, the even, Chinook even if it were, even if it were, we don't want to see it disappear. Build a fish hatchery and hatch as many of them as, you, as, 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 as your heart is content to do. Uh, it's not that complicated. But the problem is these leftists are telling you, well, you can't count those as real fish. Well, there's no difference between a fish born in the ocean or in a river and a fish born in a hatchery uh, than there is between a baby born at home and a baby born at the hospital. But this is the lunacy that dominates our policy that's now affecting everything from your grocery prices to your ability to water your lawn in the summer. What do they do with the hatchery uh, smelt? Do they dump them eventually out into the uh, into the water or? Yeah, they're, they're, they're all released into the uh, environment, and they go about their business creating more Delta smelt or Chinook salmon or whatever it is you're breeding. It's not complicated, and, and, and we do this in vast quantities. Well, all right, so let's go back to the first thing you said. Is just this part of the plan is to control our life by creating artificial shortages so they can manipulate the price, so they can tell us what to do all day. I mean, I, so I see they can tell you how much water you can use, how much electricity we can use, how much exactly. gasoline we can use. It's all the same story for all the things we need for modern life. They have created. I want you to think about. Yeah. Think, think about this. Look around your, your environment right now. All of the things in your world that make your life more convenient, more pleasant, more comfortable, and for that matter, make your survival possible. All of that, everything in your field of view is either mined or it's grown. Those are the only two ways all of these things come from. And what has the left been doing for years? Shutting down our ability to mine things and grow things. And water is essential to growing things. And then they play this game, which they're doing again, Tom, where they're talking about in Sacramento, and they're going to come up with uh, new pieces of legislation for more water storage, just like we heard back in 2014 when we got Proposition 1 passed, and none of those projects have come to any fruition. Well, and as I pointed out, some of that Proposition 1 money is being used to tear down perfectly good dams on the Klamath. This, this is complete lunacy, and it's not going to end well for Californians. It's not going to end well for mankind. I, I guess the public's largely unaware of these contrived shortages. I think they're starting to become aware uh, as, as these things really start to hit home and they can see the lunacy of these policies. It's incremental right now, but I think it's happening. Because I also have noticed, and I don't know if this is because he's running for president at some point, is that he suddenly is embracing the idea of forest management in the way that you've always talked about for many right, years. The fire problem. You right. know, that, that, that the way we were allowing the forest to become overrun and overgrown was actually feeding the fires. And now I noticed a quote in these water storage stories that he's finally accepting that something's got to be done to build collection and storage and distribution infrastructure. Well, as, as Everett Dirksen once said, when they feel the heat, they see the light. And I think that, that that's going on. But, but don't forget, listen carefully to what he's saying. It still makes no sense. For example, uh, his idea is spend millions and millions of dollars to remove timber from the forest. Well, wait a second. Don't timber companies do that and make a profit? And their properties throughout the, uh, throughout the Sierra Nevada are far healthier than the government properties. Why? 
We used to be able to do the same thing. The federal government used to auction off excess timber. Timber companies paid us to come in and remove that excess timber before it could choke off the forest. We had healthy forests. Uh, we had uh, thriving local economies. And then we had the same environmental laws that have stopped us from building dams also have stopped us from uh, uh, taking care of our forests. Now it costs millions and millions of dollars and many, many years in order to do the environmental impact uh, statements uh, in order to do a forest thinning project. All of those things cost millions of dollars, which in, so instead of making money of uh, removing excess timber from our forests, it costs us money. So not a lot of it gets done. Uh, Gavin Newsom uh, has never supported anything that will actually streamline these laws so that we can get back to 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 selling uh, excess timber on the federal lands at a profit. Um, uh, and and so I don't I would not expect a lot to be done if we take the path that he has set forward. Um, uh, we've got to get back to to simple common sense. Of uh, uh, we used to, the, the timber auctions that we we held not only made money for the federal government. Twenty five percent of that went right back into uh, uh, local coffers for the local communities that were affected uh, by the forests. It just seems that these shortages we're dealing with, from water to electricity to, to fuel, the, the disasters we've had, uh, the fires, are either caused or exacerbated by California government policies for decades, and other states aren't having these troubles. Yeah, that's the good news is we've not been struck down by, by some terrible act of God. These are all acts of public policy, and they can be changed the moment that we summon the political will to change these policies. But that's going to require removing the people from office that are responsible for these policies. And so far, Californians have remained uh, quite stubborn uh, uh, in, in doing so. How, how or I should say in, in not doing so. How effective? I mean, the environmental lobby it must be pretty strong in this state because they they have a play a part in this, don't they? Oh, they play a big part in this. They they can uh, it is the 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 left's uh, uh, green policies are what dominate the the Democratic Party in this state. In fact, Democrat Democratic Party nationally, uh, and then they're driving these policies. And until people get sick and tired of them and start connecting the dots between these policies and the conditions that they're living in, we're not going to see a change. But I, like I said, I do think people are slowly beginning to awaken to the damage that these policies are doing to their quality of life. And, and the very simple uh, uh, question at the heart of all this, what is better, uh, abundance or scarcity? Because the vision of the left uh, is is one of um, uh, neglect of our natural resources, uh, uh, increasingly uh, severe government-induced shortages, higher and higher electricity and water prices, uh, massive taxpayer subsidies to politically well-connected industries, <laughs> permanently declining quality of life for our children. That is one vision, and that's the vision that we're pursuing. The other vision is one of abundance, clean, cheap, and plentiful electricity, uh, great new reservoirs to store water in, in wet years so that we've got plenty in dry ones, uh, a future where, where families can in, enjoy the, the prosperity and the, 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 that abundant water and electricity provide. That's a pretty simple choice, and that's the choice that people make every time they go to the polls. All right, Tom, thank you so much for coming on. I always appreciate talking to you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, Congressman Tom McClintock from Northern California. 
A listener just sent us uh, the California Department of Water Resources Racial Equity Action Plan. <laughs> it's at least 20, 30 pages. And that's what they're talking about at the next meeting. The next meeting, that's what they'll be talking about, how to achieve racial equity when it comes to water supplies. Not the 20 and protection from floods. Not the $20 trillion a- Gallons of water that got flushed out into the Pacific Ocean. No, it doesn't matter. This is from Carla Nemeth, the director. All right, more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You can pick us up, of course, on the iHeartRadio app if you miss any of the live hour shows now from 1 to 4 o'clock on KFI. Also, you can download the podcast at KFIAM640.com. We'll have that David Goldstein report that ran this morning on the L.A. Unified School District and apparently millions and millions of dollars invested in hand sanitizer that's going to waste. Another panic decision by a government entity, which, of course, has consequences for the budget. And the school children will play that story right after the news at three. We talked to David yesterday at that time. So we'll play his report, which aired this morning on uh, KCAL's Morning News at 7 a.m. Uh, we might have Biden jam on Thursday. Biden's coming to California. I don't know if he knows where he's going to be, but he's actually going up to the central coast to look at the storm damage. One of those why know, they, photo why ops. Do, why do they do that? And I'm sure Newsom will be there to kiss his ring, to kneel down and that to is, That stuff is such a waste, and people get so caught. Co- well, has the president visited? The president ought to visit. We're awaiting a, a visit by the president. Why hasn't he come? Does it matter? You just need the money and the personnel to, to clean it up. He will meet with first responders, state and uh, local officials. And everybody, when they have these meetings, right, they all show up and they stand there very reverently. And they listen to his platitudes and generic rambling and applaud. Well, they want money because he, he can send federal aid. That's why they, uh, he doesn't they do, do He doesn't send anything. Staff. Well, he declared an emergency declaration, which gets you. I know, the but the work money. is done by other people. I don't. I don't get the symbolic nonsense of this. I feel so better now that my daddy has come. Well, he's a financier. Is all he is. He's just the bucks that they want. No, I. I know, but that's going to be done anyway. All this is going to be done automatically. Every natural well, disaster is taken care of in this country, whether some uh, public official flies there or not. Right, but you have to make the case that yours qualifies as a federal disaster and send us the money. Turn on on the TV. He can come and see the storm damage and he can. Now, on the other end of this, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, went to El Paso, Texas, not to campaign for anything but this message. Don't come. We're full up. He is calling on the Senate, the House, and the White House to work together to do something about the migrant flow, which has pushed a lot of people into his city. The shelters in New York, a lot of the not-for-profits, are completely overwhelmed and overburdened. 40,000 illegal aliens. 40,000 came to New York City. There's nowhere to put them. they've, They've run out of time, right. They've run out of, I'm sorry, places. They've run out of and places. And he, he wants $2 billion from the federal government to take, to take care of this. He said the city's at the breaking point. New York cannot take anymore. We can't. And <laughs> for a major Democrat to well, do this tells you how bad the problem is. Well, I have no— Because they're saying the message of the Democrat Party, don't point out the border problem. 
Leave that to Fox News and some of those well, other conservatives. Except, yeah, it's easy to do from your office to say that, except Adams actually has to manage the city. He's got 40,000 people who don't belong there, and he's out of money and out of space for them. Yeah. So it's easy to say, oh, well, this is just giving ammunition to our political opponents. Well, yeah, it is, and it, it should be ammunition. But he has to deal with uh, the, the real uh, overwhelming issue because none of these idiots in Washington are taking in the 40,000. Yeah, well, you know, the solution is uh, go back to the border controls that Trump implemented. Uh, if you have to build the wall or you have to... What Trump did best was he really gave it to Mexico. Right. He kind of threatened them that well, you're going to have a little problem with American aid if you don't start controlling the flow of migrants through your country into our country, because that's the big problem. That's where that remain in Mexico hey, asylum policy. came. When from. you have a violent, corrupt country as your neighbor, it causes a tremendous amount of problems unless you deal with them uh, with with a lot of threats and a lot of force, because Mexico is uh, is a, uh, a narco state. It's run by drug cartels. Right. And all the president can do is appeal to the drug cartel leaders to back off on the human trafficking for five minutes. And, uh, you know, it worked under Trump because he, he, he threatened to cut off all their aid. And that's how you have to deal with them. Now, on the wrong side here, he criticized the governors of Colorado and Texas for busing migrants to New York City. The yes. idea there, and they, they, <laughs> it worked perfectly. They wanted to send out the message that if we have an open border, it's not going to be just our problem. The whole country needs to hear about this. And that's a Democratic governor in Colorado, too. It is. It's yes. interesting to see the rebellion among uh, reasonable Democratic leaders saying this, this has all got to stop here. Night. Uh, the city of El Paso also bust migrants to New York City, but he wanted to blame El Paso. Oh, no, we're not pointing the finger at El Paso. Oh, El pa all, these, all these places, all these mayors have to do this. Colorado's governor has to bust them out. El Paso's mayor has to bust them out. There's, you, you, you can't have anarchy in the streets because most of these people are young males. And oh, yeah. Young males without jobs and without money. What do you think is going to happen? So, of course, you put them on a bus and send them to New York. And, and, and all these cities deserve it. Because they've been screaming about being a sanctuary city and we welcome all human beings regardless of their immigration status. So live up to it. That's what you wanted. That's what you preach. That's what you allegedly believe in. So yeah, The no open more. border crowd just likes to characterize this. This is a humanitarian crisis. Because it's sanctimonious virtue signaling is what it is. This crowd just loves to, to, to promote their good intentions. Now, uh, but, but actual practical managing of a city the, the you know the, the the hard nuts and bolts work every day they're not capable of it they just like to preen they like to give self-righteous speeches it's all art, artifice and pompousness and i i can't i can't stand people like that and that that's much of the people who serve in government all right, we got more coming up. It's the John and Ken Show on KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Well, maybe a lot of the water rushes out to the ocean when it rains in California, but we here at the John and Ken Show collect moisture with the moist line. So leave a message. You can go to the iHeartRadio app. There's a microphone icon that's how to connect to the moist line. Call the toll-free number, 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. 
We'll play that report we talked about yesterday with David Goldstein from KCAL 9, CBS 2 investigative reporter, about an enormous amount of money spent by the LA Unified School District on, of all things, hand sanitizer, which apparently much of which has gone to waste. Mm. Was never used. Just sitting there in some sort of warehouse, rotting it's, because they expire. And yeah, it's all it's all uh, dead now, and uh, they've got it. They got to throw it out. All right, so you'll hear his report right after the news at 3 o'clock, and then we'll talk about one of the biggest reparation stories of all time, making headlines out of, of course, San Francisco. Uh, We have some developments in the Idaho college student murder case. It all, of course, involves the man accused of killing the four students, Brian Koberger. In late October, they're now saying that he sent a greeting to one of the female victims, a DM on Instagram. He didn't get a reply. He sent several more. Basically, it was just him saying, hey, how are you? But he kept doing it. They're not saying which of the girls DM was involved. We do know that uh, Kaylee Goncalves was one of the first victims and really took brutal uh, stab wounds from uh, whoever did this. And of course, we believe it's Koberger. So... This is probably a faint avenue of connection between Koberger well, and the victims that he was probably aware of them. He well, didn't just go into that house randomly. Yeah, I think it's actually a pretty, uh, pretty striking. Pretty because, striking because, connection. Right? Because he had picked up whatever her social media. He knew her name, knew the uh, social media account. And we was, don't know if it's Kaylee. They're not saying which one of the four well, it I is. Remember, I remember the dad saying that he had reason to believe that there was some kind of connection. He did. He said there's some kind of connection and and he couldn't talk about it. No, I'm sure the police asked him not to talk about it, but they may have already, because the first thing you would do is go to all their social media accounts and see who they're friends with or who's been trying to contact them. Right. Through direct messages. So maybe he turned up because I, I, they were suspecting him early on. They just didn't tell anyone. And again, the next hearing isn't until June 26th in this case, because Koberger put it off. The other story making news this afternoon is that he was on social media, but it's 10, 11, 12 years ago that he was posting to a forum where he said things like that he had crazy thoughts and delusions of grandeur and also said that he had a condition. This one I've never heard of. Visual Snow Syndrome. Ever hear that one? Do you remember an old TV's? If you had a channel that didn't have a station broadcasting, you would just get white and black dots and it looked like snow. And that noise. Right. You don't see that anymore. But the old over the air system, that's what you get if the station went off the air. Yeah. You you get this. There's a condition. I'd never heard of it either. But (laughs) a person sees static. Yeah. He sees this snow in front of him. (laughs) And I, I guess that further made him insane. Because I, I've been reading about this for a few weeks, and I haven't read that it ever that it can be treated. It's really rare, and it never went away on him. It was like, I guess, some kind of brain disruption with yeah, his vision. He wrote in January 2011, I've had VS since September 21st, 2009. Since then, I have changed mainly from the anxiety and sense of derealization and hopelessness. Back in 2011, he wrote, I've become very deep and determined on goals. It made me smarter. He had depression, 
no interest in activity, constant thoughts of suicide, crazy thoughts, delusions of grandeur, anxiety, poor self-image, poor social skills, no emotion. When I get well, home, that's the kind of detachment of a killer, isn't it? Yeah. When I get home, I am mean to my family. This started when the visual snow did. I felt no emotion, and along with the depersonalization, I can say and do whatever I wish with little remorse. He actually well, yeah, because everybody's just static, so how would you have any connection to people? I, I, as I hug my family, I look into their faces, I see nothing. It is like I'm looking at a video game, but less. I am blank. I have no opinion. I have no emotion. I have nothing. I mean, you literally walk around. Aren't you kind of blind if all you see is static? I, I don't. I see. I don't have the sense on how much it interferes because he was driving around. He I know. Was studying at school, so I don't know if this is just a, a persistent irritation that you can work through, or what, or if it comes and goes. I don't know. I don't know either. But I, it's it clearly, clearly, he had terrible brain disruptions in his head, and he. I mean, I mean, when you had no emotion. You're, that, that's what a psychopath is. Someone who has no feeling at all, feels nothing. For oh, yeah, anybody. there's no connection to other human beings. Completely so blank. Stabbing them to death means nothing. Right. Uh, the other development is coming from people that, of course, want to opine on the case. A professor, emeritus of criminology and founding director of the Center for Applied Criminology, this is at uh, Alabama, uh, said that he thinks that Koberger may have left the knife sheath on purpose at the crime scene. I haven't been able to fathom this one either. He called it a clever move. Because one of the things that really struck me about this person that's been arrested and accused of this, he's intelligent and high-functioning. Would a highly skilled, intelligent student who's teaching criminology make such a basic error? And he's thinking that... He did this to sort of trap the prosecution. I, I, well, every you know, there's always a contrarian guy who wants to get his ten minutes on television. I know. So you say the opposite. We've done this with many murder cases in the past. You have to look at the accumulation of circumstantial evidence. They can pick it one thing at a time. Like they're talking about the cell phone pings. Well, of course, he didn't live far away from uh, the murder house. He could have been in the area uh, yeah. just because he lives just a few miles away. That's coincidental. That's what they try to do. That, that's a silly game. You can play that game, and it's more relevant before you have a suspect, before the details come out. But once yeah. you have DNA and the cell phone pings and the identity, then you're, you're just... Uh, you're just pleasuring yourself. There, there's no point to it. And you could spend all day going, well, what if this? Well, what if that? Well, what if this? Like, shut up. The DNA is there. It's over. Oh, and another one said, that might be his calling card. I think he may have murdered before. He leaves behind a knife sheath. All right, when we come back. I think it's possible he did this before. We'll, we'll play the special investigative report by David Goldstein on the big waste of money. Well, this is news. L.A. Unified School District on hand sanitizer. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for 
complete terms. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.